Okay, so we are going to look at the Christmas story, and we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew 1, 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. <clears throat> when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, <clears throat> being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord <clears throat> appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So you see... What happened here is that God spoke to Joseph after he spoke to Mary. He told Mary about the fact that he had, he was going to bring this child into the world through her. Imagine the disruption in her life. Imagine the disruption in Mary's life. That an angel comes, Gabriel came and spoke to her and said that we're going to bring this child into the world through you. And his name is to be Jesus. And now he disrupts Joseph's life. <clears throat> he comes to Joseph. Joseph all of a sudden finds that the woman that he's going to marry is with child. And in verse 19, <clears throat> it says, Joseph's, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. So before any angel ever spoke to him, he had committed in his mind... <clears throat> that he did not want to see Mary embarrassed. All he knew is that she was pregnant. The word came to him that she was pregnant. <clears throat> and he was a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, it says. He planned to send her away secretly. Why send her away? Well, because she's going to start showing. And he wants to send her away. You know, things happen in life. And sometimes we want to exact our pound of flesh from those that hurt us. Joseph was deeply hurt, no doubt, finding out that the woman that he is to marry is pregnant. The embarrassment that's going to come upon him, along with the embarrassment that's going to come upon her, is real. But it says, he being a righteous man did not want to disgrace her. Righteousness keeps us from wanting to bring disgrace upon another. Righteousness keeps us from wanting to bring disgrace upon another. So he wanted to send her away secretly. <clears throat> but when he had considered this, <clears throat> behold, <clears throat> an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying... So, an angel appeared to Mary outright. To Joseph, an angel appears in a dream. And in his dream, this angel talks to him... And he says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for she is conceived because of the Holy Spirit. All of this is deeply confusing, as it was to Mary. She said, how could I have a child if I am a virgin? Very confusing. All he knows is an angel has spoken to him. Life is very confusing. Life has a way of dealing to us blows. That we wonder, why is this happening to me? He told Mary, you're going to call his name Jesus. 
He told Joseph right here in verse 21, she shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He wanted to make sure that there wasn't any discord on the name. You know where the woman says we're going to name him Jesus and the father. No, we're going to. The angel told them both. Imagine that somebody comes and tells you what the name of your child is going to be. You're going to be like, hey, come on. It's our child. You get to name the child. But an angel told them. He's upsetting their life totally. All the plans that they had for their marriage are all going to be messed up now. They're all going to be changed. She is going to bear a lot of shame because of this. To walk with the Lord often brings shame. Often brings shame to walk with the Lord. Even it says of Jesus on the cross, He was despising the shame. Brings shame. Walking with the Lord, things get upset in our lives. The world has a way of dealing out blows to us. Now let's turn over to to uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. So we have that context. And now let's look at the actual birth of Jesus. <clears throat> so now we're, we're many months later, several months later, and it says in Luke chapter 2 verse 1, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So it says, now in the same days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. How did God get this couple to go from Nazareth back down to Bethlehem to make sure that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem just like was prophesied in Micah? chapter 5, that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. He spoke to, to, to Mary formerly through the angel Gabriel. He spoke to Joseph formerly in a dream. An angel spoke to him. But now circumstances are controlling where they're to be. God could well have spoken to them through an angel. He did it before. Could have well have spoken to them in a dream. But he decides to have a decree come from Caesar Augustus that a census is going to be taken of all the inhabited earth, that it's going to force them to go back to their homeland. Because remember, land wasn't transferred in Israel. Land was just divided and divided and divided. So big parcels of land that were doled out by, by, uh, doled out Early, when the children of Israel first came in, in, into Israel by Joshua, that land was then parceled out to the descendants. And so Joseph has a piece of land in Bethlehem. He's from Bethlehem. And so is Mary. And so they have land in Bethlehem. And so they have to go to the land of their registry. 
Sometimes God uses circumstances to draw us. Watchman Nee says, never consider yourself so spiritual that you don't have to be moved by circumstances. God opens doors and God closes doors. Sometimes there's jobs and sometimes you get laid off. Very often in life, we get tossed around by circumstances. Could you have had a couple more in the will of God than Mary and Joseph carrying the Son of God? Mary is carrying within her womb the Son of God. God must have had a very special eye on that couple. But He chooses to move them through circumstances. So just because we're moved through circumstances doesn't mean that we're outside the will of God. Very often circumstances dictate our way. And the Bible pegs it saying this was a decree from Caesar Augustus. The first, this was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Again, he nails it to a specific point in history. The gospels, the gospel accounts are so well documented in history. So well documented in history. In fact, even atheists who are scholars will say that there was a man, Jesus, who died on the cross and his disciples believed him to be raised from the dead. Because the facts are so undeniable. The scriptures, if you read it, are so filled with little truths like this that it happened during the while Quirinius was governor of Syria, but it was the first census while he was governor of Syria. These are truths that if you look at other writings, other religions, you don't find this showing it, lining up with history so you can go back and check everything. Even to the shrubbery of the time, that sycamore tree that Zacchaeus climbs up is indigenous only to the Jericho region of Israel. If the Gospels, like some contend, were written hundreds of years after the account, outside of the land of Israel, how would they know that that tree is indigenous to Israel and only in Jericho? How would they know? How would they get all the names right? The names within... You you hear these stories and, and, and these lists of names. You're like, what's with all the names? Just get to the story. Because the names were characteristic of that generation. Go ahead. Tell me, tell me the names that were characteristic in France a hundred years ago. You don't know. Maybe Jacques or something. You don't know. But as they've gone back to look, the names all lined up which were popular names in those times. God is filling this with truth so you can go back and document this. And it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee in verse 4, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David. Both Mary and Joseph were descendants of David. David had multiple sons. One of his sons was Solomon, which took on the kingly line. And Solomon was the great ancestor of Joseph. Joseph was not able to ever take the throne because there was a curse to Jeconiah in Jeremiah. In in Jeremiah chapter 23, the curse to Jeconiah said, no man ever of your descendants shall sit on the throne. And, And we have, we have this documentation of the history of the lineage of Joseph, Jesus's presumed father, In the Gospel according to Matthew, in the Gospel according to Luke, in Luke chapter 3, you get the, 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 the lineage according to Mary. 
Mary was also a descendant of David. And we know it's of Mary because it, 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 it says the Joseph. It, it uses the definite article, the Joseph. It means it's referring to his wife. That tracks back to Nathan, one of the other sons of David. Because Nathan's line was not cursed. Solomon's line was cursed through Jeconiah. Nathan's line was not cursed. And so Mary, Mary also was a descendant of David, going back to Bethlehem, in order to register along with Mary who was engaged to him and was with child. So think about this. Mary is great with child. She's about to give birth and all of a sudden comes a decree. Well, Lord, couldn't you have thought about a better time for this? You know, and when women are great with child, the hormones are doing strange things, and they're right, and the whole world is wrong. Everything that they feel is right, and the whole world around them is wrong. So, poor Joseph. I feel sorry for Joseph in this time. He's got to go down, and they didn't have a donkey like you see see in, in, in the movies, because... Later on, they're only going to be able to offer up two turtle doves. They couldn't even afford a lamb. So they're going to be walking from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is about 60 miles. But you can't go directly because you can't go through Samaria. So, so it's very difficult to go through Samaria when you're coming from the north down toward Jerusalem. So they have to go around Samaria. So it's about 80 miles. So, so if, if you had a typical person, it'd be about... Maybe four days. But when you have a woman great with child, it's going to be at least eight days, ten miles a day. is probably the fastest you could possibly travel. And there's a lot of people traveling at this time because people have to move all over because of this. Couldn't it have come at a better time? Why does God allow these things to happen at this time in my life? Well, welcome to the world of Mary and Joseph and the Son of God. Things happen in life that we can't explain. God could well have spoken to them six months earlier and said, Hey, you know, things are going to happen. You need to be down in Bethlehem, according to Micah. And that they could have had a leisurely walk. But no, they had to go at this time when there's all these masses of people moving around. And while the day, and while they were there, the days were complete for her to give birth. Uh oh. Have you ever been ill away from home? Have you ever, ever, ever had like the flu away from home? And you're like, oh, I wish I were just home in my own bed. I wish I could be in my own comfortable surroundings. Why did I have to get the flu here at college? I wish my mom were here to take care of me. Imagine she's about to give birth away from her home after having walked for at least eight days. She's about to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths, not clothes, but cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So Joseph can't get into the, into the inn because there's so many people having to move around. The inn is already full. So they lay him in a manger. So this is by the barns. And either this happened in a cave. The barns are caves. And you can go and see them today in Bethlehem. And, and, uh, and, and the, she put 
her baby in a manger into a feeding trough. So, so you know when animals eat, all the slobbers coming out of their mouth? This is what her child is in. Not my child. Not my child. I don't want my child to have to go through that. Well, think about the Son of God. Life isn't easy. And life throws us all sorts of curveballs that disrupt our plans, that shake us up, that we can't explain. Happens all the time. And she wrapped him in cloths. This is very unusual. She didn't have the baby clothes. Poor Joseph forgot to bring the baby clothes. He forgot to bring the, the, the playpen. He forgot to bring the carrier, you know, the child carrier. He forgot to bring all of this. They had nothing. She wrapped him in cloths. These may well have been grave cloths because those same caves that were there were often used for burial of people and they had the grave cloths there. This is cloth. And it's unusual and we know it's unusual because it's going to be used for a sign as we see. But remember, life is never easy and God throws us all sorts of things. Why did my car have to break down today? Of all days, I have a job interview. Why of all days? I don't know why. But God has His purposes. God is gracious. God is good. Welcome to the world of the Son of God. Happened to him from the day he was born. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be, shall be for all the people. Verse 11, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began to say to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Okay, so in the same region, there's some shepherds. So shepherds are very simple people. You go to Israel today, you see shepherds. They're crossing the street with their sheep. It's a lot of fun to see these, these young shepherds, and they're usually quite uneducated, even to this day. In the same region, there were some shepherds. These are very simple people. Who does God announce this to? Not the Pharisees, not the religious, but to the very simple people. Again, characteristic of God. He appears to simple people. We know that Mary and Joseph were dirt poor because they're going to make an offering. After 40 days, a woman has to... There was a cleansing period of 40 days after she gave birth to a male child. And after that 40 days, she was offered to, to offer up a lamb and a turtle dove according to, to uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 12. But if she was very poor, she could offer up two turtle doves for her cleansing. That's what she offered up, two turtle doves. This was a family that was dirt poor. And you say, well, how could they be dirt poor? They were descendant from, they were descendants from, from David. David had amassed huge riches. Huge riches. Well, actually, this harkens back to the life of Jesse, David's father. Jesse was actually a shepherd. Jesse was also a poor man. And what it says in Isaiah chapter 11, 
that a root will spring, a branch will spring out of the root of Jesse. It harkens back to Jesse. Poor Jesse, a poor man. This family at this point was quite poor. The riches went away. Riches are not forever either. There were some shepherds out in the fields keeping the watch over the flock by night. Shireen and I were at, at uh, we, we went into the Palestinian sector of Israel this past summer. And they showed us the, the field that it's believed the shepherds were on with a very small cliff at the end of that field at which they were when the angels appeared to them and said this. So it overlooks Bethlehem and uh, uh, that field is still there. And they were keeping watch over the flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is the Shekinah glory. It had not happened in Israel for 600 years. All of a sudden, the Shekinah glory comes. This same angel. Why didn't this angel come six months earlier and speak to Mary and Joseph and send them down? I don't know why God doesn't do that. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Today in the city of David. Look at the hint he gives them. In the city of David. They knew Bethlehem was the city of David. That's the only clue he gives them. In the city of David. So they know in Bethlehem, there's been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now these are simple guys. So he's going to give them a sign. He gives them a sign. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, if I say to you, I'm going to give you a sign. You're to go outside and find a man wearing boots. Be like, every man outside is wearing boots today. It's not much of a sign. So a sign has to be something unusual. But if I were to say, you're to go outside and find a man wearing one blue boot and one white boot. Okay, you might stumble across somebody like that. But if I also said, and the man is also wearing a polka dot necktie. Now you take two very unusual things and you couple them together. When you take small probabilities and you multiply them or you combine them together, you get a very small probability of something happening. So he took two very small probabilities. You're going to find a a baby wrapped in cloths. If it had been swaddling clothes that babies are always wrapped in, it wouldn't have been a sign. This is cloths. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloth that a baby is not normally wrapped in. You usually see dead bodies wrapped in this type of cloth. This is a sign. And he's going to be lying in a manger. Not too many people put their baby into a feeding trough. Those two very small probable signs, very small probability events are going to couple together to be a very small probability. That's going to be a sign. That's the one I'm talking about. He's going to be born for you a Savior who's Christ the Lord. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. They were praising God and saying. They weren't singing. So whatever we have in our mind that the angels are singing the hallelujah chorus, they were saying it. 
We sing it, they said it. They were praising God and saying, so you can praise God by speaking forth. Saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among men. You know, there is a, as a result of, of the 1980s, there is a feeling in many churches, not in this church, obviously, because I just experienced this, that you praise God only by singing. Worship is singing, and that's it. This is a new phenomenon that came in in the 1980s. You can praise God by saying too. And that's what they were doing, just using their voice. Without without having to sing, you can also praise God by saying. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom He is pleased. So I'm born to bring peace among the men with whom I'm pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem. So they knew when he said city of David, that means Bethlehem. And see the thing which happened, which the Lord has made known to us. There was no, there was, there was no interpretation here. These were very simple men. If he had appeared to the Pharisees, they'd be studying the scriptures. What does all this mean? He just spoke it to some simple people. They're not trying to figure out, oh yeah, I know this verse in Micah about in the city of David. None of that. No reference to any scripture verses for them. These are just a bunch of simple shepherds that were startled at night. They said, let's go check this out. He said it's in the city of David and we're going to see some baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. So they have a basis. Now it, now it says, let us go straight to Bethlehem. So they knew exactly Bethlehem was the city of David. And see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. So they right away found him. How did they right away found him? If I were looking over Bethlehem and somebody said, go find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger, I wouldn't know where to go. They knew exactly where to go because they knew where the animals were kept. You have mangers, you have feeding troughs where there are animals. They knew exactly where to go because they were shepherds. So you see, God works very often within the context of what you know. Let me give you another example. So people sometimes hear that I'm a scientist and I work, say, in the area of cancer research. So people will come up to me. They say, you know, I heard that you worked in cancer research and I, I have a word for you. I say, okay, what's the word? It's rings. Rings. Something about rings. They're going to be the cure for cancer. Uh, rings, 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 rings. I don't see the connection. There's lots of rings. DNA can be in a ring. Carbon nanotubes can be in a ring. Lots of things can be in a ring. There's no context for me to understand what you're talking about. But very often I pray to God over my reactions and over my chemistry that He'd give me insight. And He gives me insight in the context in which I can understand because I already know chemistry. You see what I'm talking about? He gave them a context which they would know immediately. By telling them, go to the feeding troughs, they knew immediately where to go. They didn't have to ask anybody. They went in a hurry. No star for them hanging over, hanging over them. Nothing. He gave them insight in the context. 
So for example, I could be praying and, and, and is God going to give me a sense on how to build a, 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 uh, a secure computing platform that nobody could break into? No, but he might give that to David because he has a context in which to understand this. Because he works with computing systems all day and works in, in, in thinking about security. So you have a context in which you can understand this. And this is what he gave them. And they knew immediately where to go. And it says, so they came in a hurry in verse 16. And they, they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about the child. So they told Mary and Joseph what this angel told to them on a hill. He says, that's why we're here. He told us to check out this kid in a manger, in a feeding trough, wrapped in cloth. And it's here. No interpretation. I mean, any sophisticated person would have said, now let me tell you what this means. Nothing. Just, hey, an angel told us this. Hey, look at that. Just like he said. <laughs> it's right here. Just like he said. It's right here. Just like he said. And all who heard it wondered at these things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. So everyone who heard the shepherds were like, uh-huh. Well, they're just shepherds. But for Mary, it really meant something. These people are just wondering about these strange shepherds coming and saying, hey, some angel appeared to us and told us. We... But for Mary, it was different. These people just wondered about it. But Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. You can take the word of God and you can just read it and say, oh, that was nice. Or you can say, Lord, this is amazing. What does this mean? What are you trying to say to me today? What does this word mean to me today? And ask God to bring to life these treasures, treasures of truth that are here. This is what meditation on the word of God is. It is so different than reading. The Bible speaks about reading the word of God just a little bit. But it speaks about meditation on the word of God a lot. It is a huge, huge difference. When you take the Word of God and you say, Lord, speak to me through this passage. Speak to me. And as you're reading, God just starts to open your eyes through a passage. Then say, Lord, speak to me through this. Speak to me. What are you trying to say to me? Then the Word of God comes alive. So few believers know this. So few believers Understand what it is to take the Word of God and to treasure it and to ponder it in their hearts. Most believers just wonder about, oh, that's nice. It has nothing to do with me. Oh, what a nice scripture reading. But what about, what are you trying to tell me through the Word of God? You take this Word and you make it your meditation and you will be greatly blessed. Mary understood. She heard this word and she was different than the rest. It wasn't just, wow, that's a strange word these guys came off of that hill and told us. 
I don't even know if I believe them. I mean, it's probably, you know, some April Fool's joke trying to play on us. But for Mary, it was very different. She treasured these things. You take the Word of God and you make it your treasure. You take these nuggets of truth when the Word of God is being presented and God touches your heart with something. You take that and you say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And you ponder that in your heart. And you'll find yourself at the foot of the cross. When everyone else has run away, you'll find yourself as at the foot of the cross. You'll find yourself understanding things about the Son of God when for everybody else, it is just, yeah, Jesus came into the world, He was born as a baby, and He died on a cross for my sins. No, it's much more than that. I have a relationship with this man who's come into the world. I have a relationship because he speaks to me through the scriptures. His life bears witness to me through the scriptures. And life throws to me all sorts of blows. At times when I'm just about to burst forth and do something great, boom, something happens. And then I run back to my Lord. And he gives me comfort. And he begins to show me what his purposes are. And what his plans are in all of this. This is what the scriptures call us to. The birth of the Son of God was not easy for this couple. Not at all. It disrupted their lives forever. People judged them. Forever. They judged Mary as having an illegitimate child. For, forever. They judged Joseph of having a wife who had slept around. It was difficult to have to go 80 miles when being great with child. It was difficult having a child probably outside. Not in her home. Not with her family around her. Not with her mother there to take care of her. And her normal unit of people around her. And her husband, who forgot all the stuff. Not easy. Not easy to have to live life like this. But this is what he presents to us. You take these truths and you treasure them. You make them treasures. And you ponder them in your heart. And get to know the Son of God. Let's pray. <clears throat> Abba, Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray, Father, that you would take each person in this room and you would shake them to take seriously the word of God. That they would just not wonder about it, but that they would treasure it and ponder it in their hearts. And that they would find themselves at the foot of the cross. Father, I pray that through this you would drop in a treasure of truth, some nugget of truth into each life here through what was taught to us this morning through the Word of God. Father, I pray that you take those who are failing in their hearts because they wonder why are these things coming upon them and that they would understand that this is typical in the life of the Son of God
And Jesus said, if they do this to me, whom you call Master and Lord, how much more will they do to you? Father, I pray that you would bring within their hearts an endurance and that they would learn to take these truths and treasure them and not just wonder about it and think it was a nice little saying, but they would make it reality in their lives. That the truth and the documentation of the Gospels is so firm and so exacting that you have brought proof upon proof to the truth, to the veracity of the Word of God. Father, pour that into our hearts, I pray. Let the Lord Jesus Christ bring glory to our Father in heaven, I pray. May his life affect our lives to bring glory to God. Father, watch over these people. Protect them, I pray. The grace of God be upon them. And Father, if there be anyone here who does not know you, I pray that this very day they would pray, Lord, forgive me because I am a sinner and come into my life. For Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And for the glory of God we pray. Amen.